We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Tuesday. It's May 2nd. It is 2023. We have a 12-game baseball slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Well, as somebody who played a bunch of Luis Garcia uh, on Monday night, it's uh, it's going. I'll just say that. Feel like I have a had a good handle on the offenses, and I have a full Blake Snell fade going on. So hopefully he goes negative too to match what Luis Garcia has done to me. <laughs> we were talking pre-show, and I was like, "Hey, I can't root for you today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't root for you today." And like, if if Snell doesn't pitch well, I just want him to get blown up. So I guess I am technically like rooting somewhat. Like if you you know kind of get there, but um, it'd be interesting. I mean. I played a lot of Smiley, Herman, Snell, and Garcia. Those are like the four kind of guys that I ended up on. I had a couple teams with Weaver um, because I was struggling to make a couple stacks that I wanted to. And like he was just so cheap. And, you know, so, but I'm also, I'm also rooting way against him right now because I, one of my best teams is a Padre stack. So it's always fun how that works out. But, um, <laughs> Excited for this slate. I mean, 12 games. We, we you know, no lack of pitching today. After Definitely yesterday's not. slate, yeah. um, there is no lack of pitching. We have Cole, we have Ryan, we have Gallon, we have Brown, um, Freddie Peralta and Coors. A lot of talk. Uh, hey, we have a core slate. So um, a lot to talk about today. We have 12 games. We're gonna jump right in. What's up, YouTube? Hope you're having a fantastic Monday night. Hopefully. Your Monday night is going better than Keith's because I know he <laughs> told me how much Garcia he played. And yeah, I hope it's going better than that. We get started here with Cleveland at New York facing the Yankees. Seven and a half total in this game. The Yankees are 172 favorite. We got Cole against Bibby. I mean, any interest here in Tanner Bibby? I do. Um, he's a really talented prospect. His debut, he had eight strikeouts against against Colorado. Um, the Yankees don't have judge. 
They strike out plenty throughout the the rest of the lineup. I don't know how often I'm going cheap at pitcher today, but if I am, Tanner Bibby might be my guy. Um, I think this is a really good spot for him. My only concern is the nature of the slate and how awesome how awesome the top end range of the pitching is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I'm actually with you. I actually think that if you are going to save some money at SP2, I don't think like he makes the builds on FanDuel where right. pitching is just so strong that it's really hard to get off of those guys. Um, I do think he has a pretty solid upside. He's facing a great pitcher on the other side of this game. Um, so, I mean, that is the downside. You know, we talked about Judge potentially coming back on Tuesday. Well, Monday they put him on the IL, so we know that's not happening. So we don't have to worry about him potentially being in the lineup or not. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, overall, I think at 6,500, we have to have, you know, moderate interest on a 12-game slate. Um, there's a lot of strikeouts. There's a lot of, you know, not not great power. I mean, they put up a two-spot against Cal Quantrill on Monday night. Garrett Cole on the other side of this game. I mean, outside of Jose Ramirez, the rest of this lineup is not the best. Um we saw Domingo Herman just kind of have a really, really strong outing. Um, the bullpen kind of cost him the win late in that game. I think they lost it in the ninth. Um, I mean, Cole at 11-5, he's definitely up there as far as top pitching on this slate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Cleveland is not a high strikeout team, but when we're talking about a pitcher with the quality of stuff that Garrett Cole has, I don't pay much attention to matchup. Um, the, the plus side is... Cleveland doesn't have a lot of power. Uh, Cole's been really good at limiting homers this year, but in the past, like that's been his one like negative, I would say, is that he gives up too too many home runs. There's not as much of a threat. Obviously, it's it's Yankee Stadium and anybody can catch him at, at any given time. But the power risk is definitely diminished here. Um, the strikeout upside may not be as great. Like I don't know that he goes out and strikes out 12, but still a really good possibility. He get, He gets eight or nine here. I'm, I'm in on Cole for sure. He's one of the best pitchers on the slate. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard not to have interest in him in this spot. You know, like I said, outside of Jose Ramirez, you're really not too concerned about this lineup. You know, they have talent. It's just, I mean, Josh Bell's not hitting for any power. He's hitting the ball on the ground a ton. And Cole actually is a guy that has a higher strikeout rate against lefties this year. So he should benefit from getting, you know, five, six, seven lefties in this lineup today. So, yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, fantastic option today. I think both of these pitchers are very playable. Um, you, you rarely, very rarely see a seven and a half implied total in Yankee Stadium. Um, that tells you a lot about, like, this game just from that aspect. Um, and I've seen, like, you know, some of the money coming in on the under. Um, I don't hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but I don't hate it. I, just the Yankees lineup so banged up right now. Um, I mean, Calhoun <laughs> hitting fifth. Yeah. Um, There's some names in this Yankees lineup at this point. All right. Cleveland bats. Jose Ramirez, 5,600 against Cole. Like he's typically the guy that I'm targeting from Cleveland, but I think I'm going to put him on the shelf today. Yeah. No interest for me. Uh, I don't want to pay up for my one-offs against Cole. If I'm, if I'm going to take somebody from this game, I'm looking for cheap left-handed power. I think Josh Naylor is the guy that fits that mold. Josh Bell just hasn't been the same uh, since leaving Washington. So, I mean, if I'm going one off in this game, that's the only thing I'm looking to do. Give me Naylor. All right. Any Yankees bats um, that stand out to you here? 
so anytime we we've got a young pitcher on the mound, I'm interested in in targeting him. It's just the talent in this Yankees lineup is is really tough. Volpe is priced up now. Um, Glaber Torres is off to a really good start. I love the Rizzo price, so I don't mind uh, like a three man of Rizzo Torres and then a salary saver. Maybe uh, Peraza if he's in the lineup. He's twenty seven hundred. Cabrera is twenty five hundred. Willie Calhoun, 2,100, maybe somebody like that, but I'm, I'm not full stacking. Uh, but I do think like if I'm going to play some Bibby in this spot, I don't mind a little three-man Yankee stack just in case it goes south, uh, but not a ton of interest. Yeah, I'm not going out of my way to play bats in this game. Like you said, if you want to play some cheap bats from the Yankees, if you want to make like a cheap secondary Yankees, like five, six, seven stack, <laughs> Um, it would be really cheap. So if you're going like two top end pitchers and you want a really like strong stack with those top end pitchers and you're just like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to play some of these cheap Yankees. I mean, I don't hate it, but again, I'm probably not going out of my way to play bats, um, really from either side of this game, Cubs and nationals eight and a half total in this game. The Cubbies, uh, 142 favorites Wazinski going up against Williams. Any interest here in your boy? Man, it's been a disappointing start for my boy. Um, on a different slate, I would be more than willing to throw darts at this because I do believe in the talent. Obviously, the command has been his biggest issue. Um, he has not been able to locate his fastball at all. Great matchup against Washington. Not a high strikeout team, but there's just there's not a lot of threats in the Washington lineup. I just I don't think it's the slate that I need to do it. Yeah, I mean, he showed his upside really against Oakland. Um, 28 fantasy points, came out, had a seven strikeout game, located the ball well, didn't walk anybody. Only two walks over his last three starts. So, I mean, that is positive. Um, for me to play Hayden Wazinski in this spot, I would need an extreme pitcher's umpire uh, and low ownership. I mean, that's the recipe for success, I think, here, if you're wanting to take shots on him. He's $5,300, like, the price is fantastic. The matchup is great. I mean, he's facing a team that doesn't have any power and hits the ball on the ground a ton. Um, this game's in Washington, so potentially a ballpark upgrade to him here, depending on the Wrigley wind. Um, so I think it comes down to who's umpiring the game and what's his ownership. Is he going to be popular? Is he going to be really low owned? Because I think he could put up 20 fantasy points in this spot. Um, if he's pitching well, they let him go. I mean, he just hasn't been pitching well. So we really only seen him throw 90 pitches one time this year. So, I mean, you could do worse things. You really could. Um, and I like I like the prospects of a win, too, because Trevor Williams on the other side of this game is not great. The Cubs lineup is doing its thing. Um, I mean, I just – no interest whatsoever for me and Trevor Williams on the other side of this game. Me neither. Dude. I think my Cubs can hit. Um, I, I talked about it a little bit on crunch time. Like they they were third in Woba coming into tonight. Um, they put up a few runs on uh, Mackenzie Gore, who I think is breaking out and starting to deliver on his prospect status. So encouraging stuff from the Cubs offense. I'm I'm not playing Trevor Williams here. Yeah, let's talk Cubs bats. They're on the road, so you're guaranteed that ninth inning, which is always great when you're thinking about stacks. Williams, a low strikeout guy, definitely struggles more against lefties, which, I mean, this is going to be a pretty right-handed heavy lineup. Um, I assume they get Happ in there. I assume that, you know, Bellinger's in there. So, like, that starts you off with two lefties. Horner just adds so much upside with his stolen base upside. 
Dansby Swanson's going to eventually get it going. Um, I mean, they're going to continue to hit him up toward. Yeah, I mean, they're going to continue to hit him up towards the top of the order. Um, so if he's going to keep hitting up there, I mean, he's another guy that has some upside. We know Wisdom has some upside, but honestly, my favorite play from the Cubs is Bellinger, and he's one of the yeah. cheaper guys at 4K. Yeah, Bellinger is the name that absolutely jumped off the page. Dude's been having an incredible season. I mean, we we expected a little bit of positive regression with the shift ban, but he has delivered way beyond that. Um, he's he's looking. I, I'm not going to say like 2019 MVP levels, but he he looks back to his old self prior to the short uh, the shoulder injury. Excited about what he can do. Love him at, at 4K. As far as the full stack goes, the problem with the success that the Cubs have been having is they're all priced up, and we definitely want to pay for some pitching on this slate. I think. So I think this becomes more of a three-man for me. Um, there are a few cheap bats that we can possibly target, but Bellinger's price jumped off the page. I'm just not sure I can pay over 4K and over 4,500 for everybody but Bellinger to do a full man top of the order stack. Um, like Bellinger is definitely where I want to start. I love getting Hap in there. Um, that's already 9,100 there. So I'd be looking for value after that. Worth noting that Jan Gomes left the game with like a concussion scare. Uh, so who knows what they're going to do at catcher? I don't. Not that I want to play Tucker Barnhart, but he he might get the start here. Hosmer catcher. probably plays. What's that? Yeah, yeah. It's a, say, it's a punt. Catcher. Yeah. yeah, it's a punt. You correlate it with your stack. Maybe you get lucky. Uh, Hosmer's twenty three hundred. He sucks. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, and, and I don't think you want to necessarily punt first base, but just as a value option. Him or Mancini are in play. If Velasquez grabs a start in the outfield, he's under 3K as well. So probably not a full stack on the Cubs for me, but I do like the three-man. I was just going to point out um, Barnhart. You mentioned him. Um, Jan Gomes, like you said, left the game. Barnhart's 2,100. He is much better um, against right-handed pitching. He's not having a great year. He's not known for his hitting. He's definitely known more for his defense. But, I mean, he's he's so extremely cheap. And if you want to play like Edwin Rios, he's been hitting like DH for this team. He has pop. You know, we played him with the Dodgers um, a, a bunch when he would get those like spot starts. So both of those guys are cheap. And then you can go Hap, Bellinger, and whether or not you want to go like Suzuki, Swanson, Horner. Um, those two two cheap bats could potentially make a full man stack. But I don't hate your idea of going like a little three man. But I think Bellinger is one of the best hitters on the slate today. Um, so. Uh, he's a guy that, like, if you're going to one-off a Cub, he's at the top of the list for me today. Wisdom, uh, just sneaky good against righties this year. You know, we've talked about him a lot against lefties, but 393 ISO, 394 Woba, 53% fly balls this year against right-handed pitching. So I think you have to just kind of recognize what Wisdom's doing this year. This is a very talented prospect. They were okay with Chris Bryant leaving because they had this guy in the system. So... Um, 10 home runs is no joke for this guy. He's finally starting to show up at the major league level. Um, Washington bats. I mean, this is a tough team for me to get excited about. I think it would be like a mini stack and just kind of hope Wazinski is not pitching well. Um, but it's even at that, it's really hard for me to be like, these are the three guys that I would play. It would be more of like a, Hey, I'm done building like my pitchers and I like this five man stack and I really just kind of need three guys to fit in uh, because they're cheap. They're, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're all really cheap. So if you're in that like mindset and just say, Hey, maybe a combined 30 points from these three guys and rest of my team does its thing. And I'm very happy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm certainly not afraid to pick on Wesneski a little bit with 
the command troubles he's shown, he's, he's struggled extremely with left-handed uh, hard contact as well. Luis Garcia was pretty popular on Monday night. He did his thing. I like If I was picking out a one-off bat, it, it might be Luis Garcia. Um, a little three-man stack that are all under 3K, I can certainly get behind. Um, Kiebert Ruiz is under 3K, fills a catcher's position. Luis Garcia, I mentioned. And then the cheap outfielders, probably Alex Call or Lane Thomas, somebody like that. Dom, Dom Smith is probably the guy, actually, 2,300. You have to play him at first base, but there's some power there. All right. We got Toronto at Boston. 10 total in this game. Hauk against uh, Kikuchi. I mean, yeah, this game should pr- produce here. Kikuchi, 8,300. I mean, he's had some big games here recently. Any interest in Kikuchi going up against the Red, the Red Sox here? Yeah, I mean, the strikeout stuff has been been there in two of his last three, um, and one of those was against Tampa Bay, and we know what Tampa Bay has been doing to opposing pitching this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On a different slate, I would be very interested in Kuchi. Um, Boston hasn't struck out a ton, so that that's a scare. I like the 8,300 price tag, but I don't think I can do it on this slate uh, in this matchup. But just like he has shown off the stuff that even now he can get a bunch of strikeouts even against a, a, a low K opponent. But I just I don't think this is a slate that we're going to need to mess with somebody as volatile as as Kikuchi. Yeah, I mean the Red Sox strike out a lot more against left-handed pitching than they do against right-handed pitching for what it's worth. I mean, you think about the lineup and it's very left-handed heavy, but like the problem with that is looking back and looking through like Kikuchi stats. Um, I mean, he, he struggles from time to time with lefties. Um, I mean, last season he was, he was solid against them. He didn't face a ton of them this year. He's really been struggling with lefties in a very small sample size. Um, your boy Blake Snell is starting to get hit. By the way, um, <laughs> I'm seeing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's cheap at 8,300. He's shown some really solid upside. Do we have other pitchers in this range? Maybe. I mean, there is a couple guys in this range that you could take some shots on. Um, I'm not crossing them off yet, but he's like on that like fringe list for me when it comes to do I want to take shots on him or not. Um, I can take. I can tell you for certain, though. I don't want to play Tanner Houck on the other side of this game. I mean, at the same price as Kikuchi, I would rather take some shots on Kikuchi here. But Houck has been, for what it's worth, he's been really good at limiting right-handed power bats this year. Um, and I mean, Toronto is very right-handed heavy 
So like if he did go out and have a good game, maybe it wouldn't shock me. Um, I mean, you look at his numbers against righties this year. He's been fantastic, but I just, I don't know. Um, prospect sure hasn't really like been terrible this year. Um, am I, am I, am I, should I, should I have interest in him here? Like the 10 total in Fenway just bothers me. Yeah. I, it's the price tag for me in the matchup. Um, if he were 6,800, I might have a little bit more interest, but at 8,100, he needs everything to go perfectly. Basically he doesn't have a, a super long leash. He has been over 90 in, in two of his last three. Um, so it looks like they're, they're like extending him a little bit. Like he, like 96 is a season high. If, if you get 96 pitches here, he has the strikeout upside. It's just Toronto is such a tough offense that like they're patient. Um, a lot of righties though, like you mentioned is, that benefits him just too much talent on this offense. The price tag is just a little too much for me. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, look, the stats look great, right? If you look at his stats against righties, you're like, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe I could do this and maybe it would work out. And maybe I should re like, maybe I should respect the spot more. Uh, Cause I mean, he was really good against righties last year. Like we, he had 146 plate appearances against righties last year at a 0 0.023 ISO 52% ground balls. Um, and that's, I think that might be respectable. The problem is like Chapman's a fly ball hitter, Guerrero fly ball hitter. Um, you know, if Jansen's in there, he's a fly ball hitter. So like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not as excited to play the blue Jays today as I was to play them on Monday, even though, um, it was okay. They were okay. Uh, any thoughts here on the blue Jays bats? Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Just not not much excitement. It's an expensive stack. I think pitching is is where I'm spending today first. Anyway, um, like some days I build my stack first and then I fit, fill in whichever pitchers work. I think today on this slate, you're you're putting in the pitchers that you want to play, uh, and then trying to make the stacks work around that. So a premium Blue Jays stack against a pretty solid young pitcher is like I get like Fenway's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, and the, the Blue Jays line up with a ton of right-handed power, which is what plays best in Fenway. But how how skills against righties are, are pretty decent. So I just – I don't think I can pay premium prices for him here. This total is throwing me off. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. Like, the total is throwing me off. This game having a 10 total is throwing me off. Um, yeah, I mean, Boston Bats, I, I mean, I like the Boston Red Sox a lot more against right-handed pitching. I feel way better because, I mean, I mean, look at the lineup. Devers is a lefty. Yoshida is a lefty. Verdugo is a lefty. Like, the guys you want to play for the Red Sox are all left-handed. I mean, Rem Snyder is going to be a guy that probably hits in, like, the three or four hole here for the Red Sox. Um, I don't know if I feel great about that. Um Chang has shown some some upside against left-handed pitching at times this year. Um, I'm just not overly excited to play the Red Sox here. Maybe like that's why Kikuchi's like a fringe type play for me today. Yeah, I mean, looking through this, everybody I want to play is left-handed. You're right, and like I'd much rather pick on Kikuchi with righties. Justin Turner at 3600 is standing out, but he's first base only. I don't I don't love that. Um, Kike he at 3800. Yeah, I mean, maybe you do that. But even Duran and Cassis are cheap, but they're both left-handed also. So Ref Snyder is probably the value option. Um, Arroyo hasn't hit much this year. Like, 
yeah, I don't, I, I don't love anything here. And Kikuchi is a guy that can blow up too. And, and we're talking about a 10, 10 total. So I don't, I, I just, I'm not seeing it. I kind of like the under, under in this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah. The, the problem is like both of these pitchers can blow up. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, taking an under in a game where like you have a guy like Kikuchi who just randomly comes out and has those like dud starts and you're like, oh, what is he doing? All right, we head to Chicago. We got Minnesota at the White Sox. We got Ryan against Kopech here. Joe Ryan, 10-5. I think he's a top arm on the slate. I mean, I've I've been behind this guy. I I think that he is very talented. He's thrown at least six innings in every start. Like, if you're not wanting to pay up for Cole, I think Ryan has similar type of upside at a cheaper price tag. Yeah, it's wild to say that Joe Ryan is – on a, on a similar level to Garrett Cole, but given the matchup today, like the White Sox have been terrible yet again. We all thought they underperformed last year, dealt with a bunch of injuries, obviously, but they, they've again, not been very good. Joe Ryan has taken a huge step forward this year. Uh, love what I'm seeing as far as strikeout rate goes and, and walk rate as well. He's pitching deep into games. The leash is looking really good. Um, hit a hundred pitches two starts ago has been over 90 in his last three. So yeah, I, th- I think I can pay 10, five for Joe Ryan. I think the upside's there. Yeah. I mean, you got to feel somewhat good about him getting some run support in this game too. Um, OPEC, a guy that just really hasn't delivered was like one of the top prospects in baseball there for a while and just really hasn't delivered. Um, so yeah, I know he was, I know he was like a top 25 prospect, but I mean, he's had some good games from time to time, but again, like this, this season again for Kopech, like he's shown a little bit of strikeout upside, uh, giving up fly balls, giving up home runs. His whip is like 1.7. So yeah, I mean, I don't think I want to play Kopech in this spot. Um, I mean, there's going to be spots that I think you could take shots on him, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, I, I don't think this is the day. Yeah, I, I completely agree. No chance on playing Kopech. Um, I think there's still talent in there, but like the velocity is way down from his premium. Like he used to throw 100, and he hasn't quite been up to that level. Um, I'm not playing him against Minnesota here. Hey, he does have a five Sierra instead of a seven ERA. <laughs> <laughs> He's cheap, and there's stuff in there. It, like he hasn't been getting the whiffs this year either. It's like the underlying stuff is is just as ugly as the surface. Well, maybe not just as ugly, but it's he still really, really ugly. by San Francisco earlier this year. That, that definitely did not help the home run per nine numbers. Uh, yeah. But all right, let's talk about these Minnesota bats. I mean, like I said, I think, I think they're really interesting today. Um, I'm really interested to see like what their ownership looks like because like Kopech hasn't been able to get lefties or righties out. It really hasn't mattered. Like, so, you know, a lineup like this where it's just very like lefty, righty, lefty, righty, um i mean buxton would be like at the top end of the list for me and then it would honestly just kind of be like building out a stack and just using the positions uh, miranda finally starting to hit um with some power here recently three home runs over the last week um what are your thoughts with minnesota yeah love buxton one of the top bats on the slate for me uh gallo at 4500 can certainly get behind that kepler probably grabs the leadoff spot here he's only 3700 love that Miranda, like you mentioned, only 3,300. Minnesota's up there as far as teams I want to stack today. Um, I just, I think Kopech is broken at this point. I'm going to attack it. 
Yeah, his whip is so high that like these are the types of pitchers I love to stack against. So yep. um very, very interested in the twins today. Um I meant to I forgot to mention like when we were talking about um Ryan, like Robert is banged up, Ben Nintendi is banged up. So like this might be a really Jimenez is banged up. This could be a really weak Chicago lineup. What a fall for the White Sox, man. Before the beginning of last year, like they were looking like they were going to be contenders for the next five or six years with the, all the young talent they had. And it has went so south in a hurry. And it's disappointing. Sad to see. Yeah, Jose Barbreu has been calling him up and saying, hey, man, I can't hit <laughs> anything but singles. Um, I need to come back to Chicago so I can hit a couple doubles. So, <laughs> yeah, no interest in the White Sox bats for me today. Um I, this is a spot where if Ryan doesn't pitch well, I move on to the next day. I mean, it's just, it's that simple for me today. Yep. I'm with you there. Um, no interest. All right. We got Baltimore at Kansas city taking on the Royals nine total in this game, Baltimore, a one forty favorite. We got Wells going up against Ryan Yarbrough. Um, any interest here in Tyler Wells? Different slate. I would have a ton of interest. Um, I, I think he's another young guy that's taking a step forward. I just, I don't think he's, got enough strikeout upside and it's a fantastic matchup against Kansas city. Do not get me wrong. Um, I just, I don't think he's quite there. Like good prospect coming up, worked out of the bullpen a little bit last year um, or two years ago, showed really good strikeout stuff, moved into the rotation last year. Strikeouts took a massive dip. They're starting to come back a little bit. So he seems to be figuring it out as a rotation piece. He's not 6,300. He's 7,300. Um, I love the matchup. I just, I don't think I need to do it on the slate. He's one of my favorite mid tier pitchers on the slate. Um, I mean, if you're in this range and if you're not feeling like BB, I, I think that like this would be the guy that I'd pivot off of too. I mean, we're going to like some stacks today. I mean, you can double barrel pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but there's going to be some stacks today. We've already talked about like the Cubs. Uh, we talked about the twins just a second ago. Like, you're not necessarily getting cheap bats. I mean, we talked about the Cubs being expensive and like you want to, you know, probably get three of those expensive guys, if not four, if you can really make it work. So um, I just love the spot. Kansas City's bad. Like yeah. they're bad again. Like here we are again. It's another year. And like the Kansas City Royals, they're, they're last in WC, WRC plus They're last in WOBA. They have a 26% strikeout rate against right-handed pitching this season, which is the second highest in baseball. Like, third highest sorry um i forgot i always forget like seattle strikes out a ton um i think wells is a very interesting play here today like this is a guy that has shown some big upside he's a fly ball guy they don't have a ton of power in this lineup um i think this is a spot he goes out he strikes out six to eight guys he throws five to seven innings and he puts up 20 to 25 points um and i think the Baltimore bats are really in an interesting spot today. And I think that run support is always something to keep in the back of your mind when you're building um, and taking pitchers. It is a lot easier coming from someone that pitched for a very long time is a lot easier to attack hitters when you're up by four or five runs. Um, so, you know, one bad hit, you don't think about as much if it's a zero zero game in like the six. So I think Wells, I, I just think he's really playable today. Um, I know what you're saying as far as like, if it was a different slate, I think you can put up 25 and if you can get 25 and 35, 30 to 35 from like your pitchers, like it's always a really good day when you're in that 55 to 60 point range from your pitchers on any slate. So I think Wells is very playable. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough on the other side, 
I mean, a guy that like he has talent and it just just hasn't been able to do it. Um, like, I, I mean, he's now like, I don't know if like it was just a situation where with like Tampa, he pitched in a lot of this like long relief, like starter situation, opening situation. And like, he just hasn't been good this year. He has a 6.3 XFIP. Um, his strikeout rate is a 9.3%. Swinging strikes around 6.6%. And what's sad is he's not getting unlucky. Um, his 6.35 ERA is very close to his Sierra and next VIP. So um, no interest for me in Ryan Yarbrough today. Any thoughts on him? Yeah, none for me either. Uh, Baltimore is worse against left-handed pitching. But, I mean, just the, you, st- you cited a bunch of great numbers there that just there's not enough upside here. Hayes, Mountcastle, Mateo, Rutschman, all of these guys, uh, because not only are you getting a bad starting pitcher, you're getting a bottom five bullpen. Um, this is a fantastic spot today for Baltimore. Yeah, completely agree with you. Um, Mountcastle at, at 4,700 is, is somebody I absolutely love. Hayes at 4,100, definitely. Um, if Urias is in there, he's 3,300. He platoons against lefties sometimes, um, certainly like him. Hopefully he grabs like the six spots. McCann. Yeah, could be a cheap catching option uh, if they or or even DH, like depending on what they do with Rushman. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Baltimore stack for sure. Just got fooled, man. I saw in play runs and I saw Newman up, and I was like, oh man, Newman just hit a home run. I'm so happy. It was Senzel. It was Senzel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Kansas City bats. Like this is my problem, right? Like I just. I don't want to play anybody from Kansas city. Like wit is now five K and like a stolen base or two is, is great, but I mean, you got to get on base first. Yeah. I like, I, I, I don't disagree with your Wells take. I like, I think he is a talented pitcher. Uh, Kansas city is not that talented of an offense outside of like wit Perez, Melendez, Pascantino. Like after that, it falls off really quickly. I will say, Pascantino is somebody I'm I'm just going to keep playing at 3700 like his profile there's there's some upside still there. I'm definitely not full stacking here. Baltimore bullpen has been pretty good as well. But if you wanted to talk me into like a like use use one of the catchers and then go Pascantino Franmil or something like that, you get two cheap power bats with an upside catcher. I'm I'm fine with something like that. Even if you wanted to throw Wit in there, I like I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to Kansas City, but they're going to be in my pool for sure. I built a Cincinnati head stack. I just looked and it has Herman and Garcia. All right, moving on. <laughs> I have, we got I'm going to have so many teams like that. <laughs> the Angels and the Cardinals, eight and a half total in this game. Cardinals, a minus 136 favorites. Um, Matt's against Sandoval today. Dude, I love the over in this game. Two average lefties against two of the best teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. I like the over in this game. I haven't checked the weather in St. Louis, but I assume that 65 winds blowing out. I'm never mad about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, do you have any interest here in Sandoval? Man, he started to figure it out. I know it was Oakland, um, but he was off to a really rough start to begin the year. He got on track versus Oakland, and I was looking forward to targeting him at this $7,100 price in his next start. Unfortunately, he gets the St. Louis Cardinals, who absolutely destroy left-handed pitching. So don't think I can do it here. 
I, I'm a fan of Sandoval and the talent. It's just, it's a really tough spot for him. So I said, I don't know if like both of these pitchers, they just draw, they're drawing like, this is not the matchup you want. Like if you're a left-handed pitcher, I mean, you don't want to face Tampa, Atlanta, St. Louis, and the Angels. Um, I mean, I mean, we might be putting the Cubs on that list. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, might have to. Uh, listen, listen here. All right. Um, <laughs> Matt's, I mean, he same argument, right? Like, it just, I don't want to play a left-handed pitcher against the Angels this year. This year. And if they stay healthy, like, if they have that lineup with Trout, Renfro, um, Rendon, Ward, Dury, like, yeah. I mean, this is not the easiest. Ursula's in there now, too. Like, I mean, you don't you don't feel good about playing a left-handed pitcher against this team. No, definitely not. Matt's a super cheap, 5,900. He's a better pitcher than that, but just it's a brutal matchup. No, thanks. Yeah, I like that they, you know, entice people to take shots on him, but nope. Um, Angels, Bats, what are your thoughts here on L.A.? Yeah, I mean, you just ran down the lineup, and it is loaded against le- – like, it's just a, a who's who of who crushes left-handed pitching in their career. Like, Rendon, I, and I know – people are kind of like he's washed or whatever, but he still hits left-handed pitching. Um, Drury has been on an absolute tear. He's cooled off a little bit in the last couple of days. Um, That series in Oakland, he was just the best hitter on the planet for, for three games or four games, whatever that was. Ward is awesome against lefties or, or was last year. At least I know he struggled a little bit to begin this season. I mean, then you have, Renfro, who has just destroyed left-handed pitching in his career. Trout and Otani, two of the best hitters in the game. Like, it's just murderer's row against lefties. Um, they're they're up there for top stacks of the, of the day. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams. That's what I said. I think, like, the Boston total, I think, is too high. And I think this total, like, this is a game I think you could get excited about playing some bats. Um, the Cardinals side, I mean, <laughs> where's the weakness? I mean, it, it like... <laughs> It, it's a it's a great spot. Um, Contreras is finally starting to hit. Still not hitting with a ton of power. Him and Jose, Jose Abreu must have been hanging out this offseason. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, up and down. This is just a really solid offense up and down. So, yeah, both of these teams very much in play. Paul DeJong against a lefty, 2,600 at shortstop. Um, probably going to be pretty popular, but... Dude, I I have a hard time not having a ton of interest in like a potential like full on game stack here. Yeah, like you said, I, we haven't haven't checked the weather here, but if it's hot in St. Louis tomorrow, oh baby, wheels up. Sixty five and winds blowing out at about oh, fifteen man. miles an hour. That, that's good enough for me. Um, I I have more interest in the Angels side of this game just because I think Sandoval's a little bit better than Matt's at this point in their careers, but I still have a ton of interest in St. Louis too. Um, Arenado is cheap. Uh, Goldie's priced up, but I mean, dude's just awesome coming off an MVP year. Crush left days all throughout his career. Love that. Contreras is cheap and starting to hit, like you mentioned. Phil's catcher. Um, and DeJong at, at 2,600 is just ridiculous. So, yeah, Cardinal stack, definitely. Anybody want a one of one Paul Goldschmidt full art card? Hit me up. Um, I'll sell it to you cheap. And I'm not joking. Um, I'm kind of joking. Kind of. I don't know if I'd sell it cheap. All right. Arizona, <laughs> Texas. Uh, seven and a half total in this game. The Diamondbacks, a 132 favor. We got Gallon and Gray facing off against each other. Uh, Zach Gallen. 
I mean, really has been fantastic, right? Talked about him, and I mean, just I feel like we've talked about him a lot this season to start. Like 10K, a guy that's put up 30 fantasy points in four straight double-digit strikeouts in three of his last four games. I mean, I think you have to respect Texas a little bit, but I mean, this guy has been fantastic this year. He's been unbelievable and it was like he's been off he was off to a slow start too like his velocity was down coming in uh to opening day and there were some concerns around him then he got touched up for five runs against the Dodgers and and four runs against San Diego obviously two great offenses then then something just flipped and he has been absolutely nails lights out like you said 30 plus DK points and in all four of his last starts like what is going on? Like this guy has more upside than Cole at this point. If he continues to pitch like this, the Texas offense has been surprisingly great, especially with Corey Seager on the IL. I still, I, I am not quite buying it. I mean, I, I'd put them in like the same tier as the Cubs. Like just, I, I think they're both overperforming a little bit, honestly, for what we can expect rest of season, uh, but they're doing what they're doing. So there's a little caution that we need to use here. But he's 1500 cheaper than Cole, and I think he has the exact same upside. Like 11Ks, seven innings. Like that's we've seen it the last four starts from him. So he hit, he is right there with, uh, with Cole for me for the top pitcher on the slate and Joe Ryan as well. Um, those three, I think, are just all three of them are awesome plays. Yeah. Like I said, we have so many like potential studs to choose from today. Um, it's hard not to be excited about pitching on the slate. I mean, like, can kind of just play the ownership game really um I, I feel really good about gallon ryan or cole um the other side of this game john gray um 8700 here i mean really just hasn't showed like dominating stuff yet um i don't know what's going on with him you know but i know he's not missing bats um so not really like technically getting blown up for per se but like i mean his walk rate is almost as high as the strikeout rate um this is like 2020 john gray where he's just not missing bats not striking anybody out um and what's crazy is like he has a really low babbit he has a 3.9 you know era and his sierra is at six um or 5.6 so yeah i mean i don't think i want to pay 8700 for him in an, in, I mean, it's an okay spot against Arizona, but Arizona is a, a pretty solid team this year against right-handed pitching as well. Yeah, a lot of lefties in the Arizona lineup. That's not a great situation for John Gray, who struggled with lefties throughout his whole career. Now, Corbin Carroll is banged up. That would obviously be a huge boost to Gray if Carroll sit, has, has to sit again. I still don't think I'm getting there, though. Price tag is just a little bit too much for what we've seen from him recently. Um, and I think the, that Arizona rolls out a bunch of lefties against him here. So probably not getting to gray today. Yeah. I mean, Carol got banged up, um, over the weekend. We, I haven't read anything. He was supposed to get an MRI on Monday, um, today, if you're listening to the podcast right now, but yeah, I mean, so we'll have to kind of see, but I don't know if him being out of lineup is enough for me to have interest, but what are your thoughts on the Arizona bats here? I mean, there's still some cheap lefties in this lineup that I, I don't mind taking some shots on. Um, Perdomo is off to a pretty good start. Um, Paven Smith has come up and hit decently. Alec Thomas he probably hits near the bottom of the order, but he's dirt cheap. 
Uh, I'm certainly not making a full stack here. John Gray, even though he's not getting the swings and misses, he's still a pretty solid major league pitcher. So I'm not looking to full stack against him, but I don't mind. Like if I'm trying to double barrel and go um, like two 10K pitchers on this, sl- this slate, I don't mind a little three-man mini from from Arizona. Um, I think Pavin Smith or, or Perdomo would be my, my two favorites. I think this could be a sneaky stack just because of like how John Gray has struggled this year. But I don't feel great about it. I just, I mean, like I said, this guy really hasn't been missing bats this year. So if you like, if you want to play that, like, I'm going to roll out like a 4 4 type of stack with like Arizona and like another really strong team and just hope that, like, all right, I'm playing this chalky offense and this is the spot I'm going to, you know, pivot from or pivot to. Uh, I don't hate it, but. It's not my favorite play, but I mean, John Gray really hasn't been great this year. Texas bats. I'm just going to pass on Texas today. Zach Gollin, like you said, he's kind of flipped the switch. Um, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. So uh, it's really hard for me to say, hey, let's stick te- stick, stack Texas, even though the Texas has been really strong this year. Yeah, agree. Not, I'm not playing any Texas bats. All right. San Francisco at Houston. We got Descofani and Brown facing off against each other today. Eight total in this game. The Astros are 170 favorites. Um, any interest here in Descofani? Dude's been really good this year. Um, really just, consistent. I was, yeah. I was looking through the teams he's faced, though, and he has had, outside of the Mets in St. Louis and his first two, his first three were White Sox, Royals, Tigers. So he got a really soft landing spot um to open the season he's still been good it's like i just i don't know it's 7900 i don't know that there's upside here i probably try to get up to that 10k range as much as i can he's in play i wouldn't try to talk you off of it like this houston lineup is not not the same as long as altuve and brantley remain on the shelf like probably just i'm not getting there on this slate though i don't think I think that's the, I mean, the best, nicest way to put it um, is I'm not getting there on this slate. Like Houston, this is not your typical Houston team. And if you wanted to take shots on Descafani, he's, he's really been good this year. Um, And I think like, if you want to respect how good he's pitched and how bad this Houston team has been this year, I mean, go for it. I'm not going to talk you off of it. I mean, his stats are what they are. Like he's not getting unlucky he's got a 3.1 xfip compared to a 2.7 era he's done a great job of limiting left-handed power he's generating a ton of ground balls he has plenty of strikeout you know ability at 23 percent. but the biggest thing for him is he's really not walking people um again how much of that is getting a stretch against the white Sox, the royals you know the tigers um we saw him struggle a little bit more against the mets and he got out of a couple things um, in that game against St. Louis um, to extend his start there. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely is a guy that you typically target for home runs, and he's generating more ground balls. So, um, Hunter Brown on the other side of this game. This dude is talented, man. Um, the Giants lineup is talented, too. Don't get me wrong. This is a team that, uh, against right-handed pitching, they have a lot of upside. There's a lot of power in this lineup. But this dude might actually be legit. I think he absolutely is legit. Um, I think Gallon and Joe Ryan are probably my two highest owned pitchers on this slate. But if I need a couple extra hundred, I'm completely fine going down to Hunter Brown. The Giants have struck out a ton, most in baseball, in fact, so far this season. 
And this dude has legitimate strikeout stuff. Um, I don't know. Like I, it's only a couple hundred more, like I said, to get up to a gallon or a Joe Ryan and, and they're in awesome spots as well. I, I think I make a point to, to get some exposure to Hunter Brown though. I think the, the upside is, is ridiculous in this spot. Yeah. I mean, his upside is big on in any spot. Um, I mean, we just watched him dominate one of, if not the best team in baseball this year. I mean, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays have been phenomenal and he just went out and dominated them. Um, so it's hard for me not to have interest in Hunter Brown here. Um, like you said, San Francisco, I mean, plenty of strikeouts in this lineup, especially the bottom half Conforto Davis, Villar wisely. These guys strike out at high, high clips. Um, I mean, Hanniger, very small sample size this year and Wade are both under, uh, under 20%. But I mean, if we look at Hanniger's stats last year, um, against right the pitching 29.5%. So he's another big strikeout guy. So like way to lead off hitter where he's going to be patient, walk, get on base type of hitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hunter Brown, another, another like phenomenal play today. Another phenomenal play. Like my main build tomorrow could easily be one of gallon and Ryan and Brown and, and just yeah. say, Hey, Garrett Cole might not get as many strikeouts against a low strikeout team and just take a shot on one of these three studs. I mean, any of these top four guys are very playable. They're they're all absolute studs. And, like, any of these guys on Monday slate would have been 70% owned. Absolutely, yeah. San Francisco Bats, any interest in them here? Nope. I, I don't. I know Brown is a young guy, and he could run into trouble here. It's a 12-game slate. I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to pick on a really talented pitcher like Brown. Stacker fade, baby. Stacker fade. I mean, yeah. there is a ton of upside in this lineup. You know, this team's hitting for a ton of power. Stacker fade. Here goes uh, the Dodgers Not stack. one off here. You just hope that, like, Brown is not on his game and the Houston bullpen had to use up a lot with Garcia leaving after the first hitter on Monday. So, like, if Brown gets touched up and he's out of the game in, like, the third or fourth inning, that bullpen is going to be very thin after using a lot of arms. Um so stacker fade. Speaking of that, the Luis Garcia leaves after eight pitches, and then uh, freaking Brandon Belak comes in and strikes out six guys in like three, three and two thirds innings or something like that. Just so tilting from Monday night. Because I, I have a lot of things right on this Monday night slate. Um, Luis Garcia was pretty painful tonight. Hey, I had a ton of Hayward, and he just hit home runs. So that was good. Yes, but he did. they they ended up using six pitchers, five pitchers after Garcia. Um, so. Any interest in the Houston bats here? I mean, Disco is somebody that we've picked on for a long time, but just the change in the profile this year that we've seen, um, the the week weekend lineup with a couple of injuries, I don't think I get to it a ton. Alvarez and Tucker are priced way up. I don't if they were five hundred cheaper each, I would I would have a little more interest in this stack. But having to pay premium prices for Alvarez and Tucker on a slate that I'm trying to pay up for pitching is, is going to be really tough to do. So not my favorite. Um, maybe I can pick and choose which one of Alvarez and Tucker I want and pair that with a couple of cheap value guys and make it a three man stack, but probably don't get to the full Houston stack because I, I don't think I can afford Alvarez and Tucker together today. Can I keep making the Jose Abreu joke until you hit some run? Um, if you want a single, <laughs> go for it. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're playing Houston, I think you have to get those two guys. Um, and then just, I mean, try to find the value elsewhere. That's why it's so hard to like stack them. I think it's a three man. It might even be a two man. Like, Hey, I'm building a really cheap stack somewhere. And like, I have the money to pay it for two bats. Let me just go ahead and get Alvarez and Tucker. Um, they both could Homer in this game for sure, but probably not something I'm doing. I think they both are like very playable as like one-off power. Um, I mean, like I said, I think both of these guys have home run upside in this game. Yeah. I mean, stacks like this are why I think somebody like, um, Bibby or the guy we're going to talk about in a couple games here are definitely in play on this slate. Like the, the top end pitching is elite, but there's also some really high upside cheap pitching on this slate too. So like, I think, I think you go 10 K pitcher and then go way down to the bottom for one of these young studs that have upside. If you're building a stack like that, I think that's, that's how you have to, I think that's how roster construction works best on the, on this type of slate. All right. Brewers at Rockies Peralta against Feltner. Freddie Peralta and Coors. Any interest in Peralta here going into Coors at eighty eight hundred? So we've we've just talked about what four ninety five hundred plus pitchers that we are in love with and want to play as much as we can. Am I am I crazy for having interest in Freddie Peralta here? Like Colorado. No, I mean, is... this is we talk about this all the time, right? We talk about like them like the sites intriguing us to play these guys in tough spots and that's what they did right this is a 10k pitcher they made and he's priced like an sp2 yeah I, yeah I, the so, price tag is what is, i'm so interested in here and, and like i'm with you though i i have some interest um the weather is not going to be great so we'll have to kind of pay attention to that um we'll have to see what roth has to say there's like 40 percent chance of rain which We'll see. 40%, who knows? That that can mean anything, anywhere. So, I mean, the price. It's the price. If he's yeah. 10K here, it's an easy, like, no. And, and, like, them discounting him 15 to 14, 1300, like, in that range, like, it might be enough of a discount. Um, I mean, I'm not stacking Colorado today. So, there's that. But... I'm very on the fence about Peralta. I want to see what the weather and I want to see what ownership looks like. Is like, is he priced down enough where like teams are going to be, or people are going to be like, all right, we can play Peralta and he's going to be popular. Like, you know, then I'll pivot to like a Wells or Bibby or something. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that he's low owned here. If he's coming in like 15% plus, I don't think I have any interest whatsoever, but like 10% or less as a tournament dart, I'm, I'm very interested. Like, We've seen guys like Rich Hill had a random strikeout game in Coors Field. I know like overall the altitude obviously hurts your like the movement you get on your pitches. Um, just the baseball doesn't break as much because there's not as much resistance. Like I don't like Peralta can still get it done in my opinion. Like Colorado is not a great offense. They only put up the numbers they do because of the park they play in. But like you said, this is a 10K pitcher and he's 8,800. I have some interest here, um, especially since like he's priced as an SP2. The, like you can certainly build a 10K pitcher with Peralta and then still get some premium bats in there too. And the thing is, like he's a fastball slide of slider changeup guy, so like he's not getting direct downward movement on pitches, and that's like that's more of what gets affected, like sinkers and curveballs. Um, splitter stuff like that like that's what gets affected more um at cores so like you know sliders change-ups maybe but like a slider might do okay in course so 
Ryan Feltner on the other side of this game, coming off of back-to-back good starts in Philadelphia and in Cleveland. Back in course here today. I'm out. I am out as well. Milwaukee's not a great offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to have some interest here. Like, they're priced up. I mean, today might be, like, the day where I'm like, you know, I might not play a lot of cores. <laughs> What happened to 3,500 Rowdy Tellas? He's up to 4,800. I love it. I love, yeah, it. I it's love about it. time. I don't want guys to be 40% owned because they're hitting in cores. Like, if you want to play him, pay 4,800 for him. Yes, please do this more. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like, so far, DK pricing has basically forced you to play cores because they're all they're the same price they would be in any other park or, or matchup. I completely agree with the price pricing up of guys. Because of that, though, it like that just makes it easier to play the rest of the slate. Like a twelve-game slate with power hitters priced at three K and cores, you basically have to have some exposure to those guys. Forty-eight hundred Rowdy Tellas, I'm not near as afraid of fading. Um, he can hit a home run at forty-eight hundred, and I still don't need him on a twelve-game slate. He 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 needs to do more than that. Like I need another double or a home run probably out of him. So I'm just like glad I, they I, did this. What's that? I'm just glad they priced him up. Yeah, me too. Um, like Yelich, we've talked about it several times. That he's just not the same hitter. Obviously, the upside is raised in cores, but 5,500 is not like Yelich is not worthy of that price tag any longer. So the pricing on the top end Brewers, I, I don't know what their ownership is going to look like, but if it's anything at all, I'm I'm happy being underweight. Um, Feltner's a decent pitcher. Obviously, going back to to cores is going to hurt him a bunch. But I, I don't feel like I have to play Brewers here. No, you don't have to. I mean, that's the best thing about them being expensive. Um, Anderson, 4,100. I think he's fine. Winker at 3,600. We know he's talented. He just hasn't hit well this year. Like, those are the guys that I'm looking at. Luke Voigt, 3,100. Like, Terang at second base, 2.7K. Like, don't hate those guys. Um, Rocky's side, I mean, they're priced up too. Um I mean, this is just a spot where it's just like, you know, it feels great not to be like, all right, these guys are so cheap. I have to play them today. Yeah, I, I don't have much interest in the Brewers. I have even less interest in the Rockies. That's why part of why I want to play Peralta is this lineup is pretty ugly. Um, obviously, McMahon has some power. He's 4,800. If I was like, that's probably where I start. Bryant and Crone are priced up. Crone at 4,900 is actually a pretty fair price. Like, I don't know. Um, Peralta's a talented pitcher. He's got swing and miss stuff, and I think he that that will translate to Coors a little bit, even. So, I'm probably fading Coors today. If there if it comes in super low owned, maybe I change my stance on that a little bit. But as of right now, I'm I'm not excited about bats and Coors. All right, moving on. Seattle at Oakland is where we go next. Hey, it's it's the battle of the Millers. <laughs> Um, eight total in this game. The Seattle Mariners are a 158 favorite. We got Bryce Miller going up against Mason Miller. Any interest here in Bryce Miller 4K um, going against Oakland? I mean, making his MLD, MLB debut, right? Um, obviously, the matchup is great. I don't know a ton about this guy. Pretty good prospect. Big prospect. Best yeah. prospect in the Seattle's like he's their top pitching prospect. Um, 
my okay so I'll, i got you keith so my my biggest concern here with bryce miller is this is going to be a jump from double a to major league baseball um he's not getting not pitch one inning in triple a i don't know if it's just because they're hurt or anything like that but i mean really solid strikeout stuff in a full season of double a or mid like this is a guy that started in high a ball last year um so Big time prospect, top 100 in baseball. Um, I mean, in this team, they're there. He's a top pitching prospect. Big fastball, big fastball. But this is a guy that everything I read on Bryce Miller was like 2024, 2025. Like we weren't even supposed to see him at all this year. So big, like big jump. Um, this could be a start where damaging his like mental game because I mean, he is a guy that's going from double A. But how much better is Oakland than a double A team? I mean, you gotta think about <laughs> that. Um I think it's really interesting. Um I mean, I think it's interesting that like he's four K against Oakland. Um I don't know what what are my, what are my thoughts outside of that, but big fastball, big prospect, way early. Um, way early. Yeah, just looking over this guy, like, and that's why he wasn't on my radar really at all, is because he wasn't expected to debut this year. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I like what I'm seeing. It, it reminds me a little bit of the guy on the other side of this game, honestly, who we've seen come up and have some success. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, especially in a matchup against Oakland, that this guy could come up and put up a useful score. 4K, I don't know what they're going to do, like, pitch count wise, but. The, the talent and the strikeout ability that he's shown. I will note that um, the strikeouts were at almost 30% in double A last year. They're down to 21% this year in double A. So if, if he was coming up with a 29% strikeout rate in double A, I'd have a ton of interest here. The strikeouts being down have me a little concerned. I will note that he looks like he's working on the control a little bit. Like his walk rate has been, three and a half percent compared to nine percent last year so i don't maybe he's just working on something and he still has big strikeout stuff i mean the stuff clearly grades out as as great against oakland i'm i'm fine taking some shots um yeah i mean i, I need to look into this guy a little bit more but I'm, I'm very intrigued by the profile here so just reading really quick um i mean the president of the Mariners run a podcast and there's a little article about it on a Seattle times website that I found. Um, but yeah, I mean, they said this isn't like a one call up spot for him. This is going to be like a long call up and they're not too concerned about his early results here. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, Seattle, this had to be a pivot really because of the, the, this had to be a pivot because of the Robbie Ray injury, right? Like, Obviously, they were like Seattle is expecting to make a World Series run in this season. Like, they're a really fun team. They have a ton of young talent. Obviously, the Robbie Ray injury was a huge blow to them. So, they're trying to recapture like that. Like, obviously, they have Gilbert and Kirby who are still really great and Castillo. So, like, they're three really strong. Marco Gonzalez is a four end arm. And they're like, but do you want Marco Gonzalez starting a playoff game? No, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. Like, we yeah, don't yeah. want Flexen pitching in the playoffs. Exactly. Um, yep. So they, I know they move move Flexen to the bullpen. I mean, and I think Flexen was supposed to be like that guy that kind of fill in for Ray. And I mean, he's just not good. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. Like Castillo, Gilbert, Gonzalez, Kirby, 
and here's your chance, kid, um, kind of thing. So, I mean, if this wasn't Oakland, we wouldn't even be talking about this as much. But the fact that he's minimum salary against Oakland, um, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. Like, he has upside. He really does. I mean, everything that I've read about him, he has upside. So, I just think it's really early, and you don't know what to think. But I can bet you one thing. I can tell you one thing for certainty, though, Keith. I'll be watching this start. I'm very yeah. interested. Um, I always like to watch young pitchers pitch. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just on a secondary screen, not really paying attention too much to it, but I want to see what happens here. Um, Mason Miller on the other side of this game, very talented prospect as well. Um, tough matchup against Seattle. Seattle strikes out. Don't get me wrong, uh, but, I mean, they're, they're a really sound lineup. Um, any interest here in Mason Miller? Yeah, I mean, Mason Miller was the guy I was talking about. Um I was going to watch this game anyway, just because Mason Miller is fun to watch pitch. I remember Spencer, uh, Spencer Strider coming up last year. And the first couple times I watched him pitch, I'm like, wow, this kid is, is special. Mason Miller. I'm not saying he's Spencer Strider. Like what Strider is doing right now with a 40% plus K rate is something we haven't seen from a starter ever. Mason Miller has that electric of stuff. So matchup is I'm honestly not that much of a concern. You touched on Seattle's strikeout rate already. So, I mean, I think he could strike out 10 in this spot. I know I know he's not a finished product yet. He's very raw. There, almost no minor league sample on this guy. He doesn't have a long leash. Um, he did get up to 86 pitches in the last one. 5,700. I, I mean, we talked about Bibby a little bit too. I think he's a very solid pitching prospect. I think Mason Miller's on a different level though. He's just more raw than Bibby, in my opinion. But I, I'm still intrigued by the upside here. Like, I love this slate. Like, this is an awesome tournament slate because we have three cheap, high upside young pitchers, and then we have the awesome 9,500 plus range that we've already talked about as well. So, this is a this is a really interesting tournament slate. We should have noted as well that Julio Rodriguez dealing with like a back injury over the weekend did not play on Sunday. Um, and then Ty France was sick on Sunday. So, like, if both of those guys are out of the lineup, it obviously is a bump um, to Mason Miller as well. Do you have more the, interest? The best, best pitchers ballpark in baseball. I mean, it's it's in Oakland. Listen, Derek Cardi will tell you that this is not the best pitchers ballpark in baseball. And well, there's, there's not okay, a lot so of strikeouts here. Because of the foul territory, there is a decline in strikeouts here. That that is true. But but they the have to be able to make power contact to follow it off. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Listen, I respect Cardi, and I always like to listen to his analytics when it comes to baseball. But watching baseball games in Oakland, you know that it's a lot harder to hit a ball out of that ballpark than it is um yeah. Cincinnati. All right. Um yeah, bats in this game. I mean Thoughts on the Seattle bats here? Yeah, I mean, as awesome as I think Mason Miller is, he's still a young kid that has almost no minor league sample whatsoever. So I think you can take shots, even though it's in the massive ballpark that is Oakland. Um, Obviously, Julio being out would be a huge hit to that. Everybody else is pretty cheap, though. Um, Kelnick at 4,300 is the one that's jumping off the page. Um Rooker has been just – I'm sorry, I'm talking about Seattle. I've had uh, Oakland selected there for some reason also. Kelnick is the guy. Um, you have big-time power from Teoscar Hernandez and Suarez and Cal Raleigh. They're all right at 4K. 
Suarez is 3,700. So like Miller's awesome. I believe in the stuff and, and I'll definitely have more Miller than I will Seattle stacks, but I, I don't hate like a head stack of Seattle. I like I'd full stack them here though. Just you and just hope that Miller comes out and doesn't have it that day. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, this is like both of these teams are like stackable just because it's two young pitchers. Um, they're neither one of them are like high up on my list, but I think Seattle, I would, I would much rather, I think, play the Seattle side just because I think their, their upsides higher. Um, on the Oakland side, I mean, Rooker is always playable. Um, he's just, he's super, he's uber talented, man. Um, I mean, Adam, he needs to, like, how fast can I get at Oakland? Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if you're getting paid to play baseball. Um, what are your thoughts on the Oakland bets? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel better about Mason Miller than I do Bryce Miller just because Bryce is making his debut. Um, but the Seattle offense is far, far more talented than the Oakland offense. Um, the Rooker stuff, though, I, I believe in this breakout. Like, he's not a young prospect. He was at one time a, a solid prospect in the Minnesota organization, but everything he's doing this year, like the stat cast data, the exit velocity, stuff like that, the breakout for Rooker looks very real to me. So I'm I'm buying into that. He's still underpriced at 3,800. Um, I think Langoliers has some talent as well, and he fills a catcher position. Oakland, not a team that I would full stack, um, but I, I certainly think you could do a three-man here of Oakland. All right, we got Cincinnati at San Diego. Um, game that I'm not liking right now. I'm not liking it. <laughs> we got Ashcraft against Waka. Eight and a half total in this game. Padres are 165 favorites. Um, any interest here in Ashcraft? Not at $9,400. Just doing their thing. I am so incredibly tilted that Garcia got hurt early. <laughs> you um, and me both, man. Oh, you and me man. both. Gosh, I have, I have some really good Dodgers teams going. And I know you were talking to me about it pre-show, and I know you have some good Dodgers teams going too. So I, I know you, we, we are on the same level of tilt today <laughs> when it comes to Dodgers and Garcia. Anyway, um, man gosh it's tilting and then kim hits a home run like i have a great san diego stack going and i don't have him on that team like are you kidding me i played xander <laughs> bogarts that that's what you're supposed to do I'm it's just throw, it's I'm, been gut punch i'm unscrewing my mic i'm throwing it no, I'm just <laughs> all right any interest here punch. in in waka um or no ashcraft ashcraft let's start let's start I'm with so, ashcraft um, stevie full tilt i love it uh Ashcraft no is trash. <laughs> no interest at 9400 in Ashcraft for me. Um I I like a guy that has a, a big fastball. He has taken a step forward in, in strikeouts to some degree but still just not enough. He should not be 9400 against San Diego. Um no chance I play him on the slate. I'm going to make money tonight. And it, it's so frustrating. But you should have made a lot more. Yeah, it's <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> uh, I'm not complaining. I'm never. I never complain when it comes to profit. I'm not going to complain. I'm just sitting over here going, oh. Anyway, Ashcraft's interesting. I, I just don't think he has the ceiling as the other guys in this range. Um, yeah. at the end of the day, like again, I don't think. I don't think the San Diego team is as good. Um. So I mean, it, it's. 
it's really interesting from that aspect of things. Um, but yeah, Ashcraft probably not getting to Ashcraft today at yeah, 94, 9400. I just I like some of these guys in this price range more. So it's really hard for me to play Ashcraft at this price just because I mean there's so much more upside just for a little bit more money. Waka on the other side of this game, I mean, gosh, he has been terrible this year. Just absolutely bad. 5.26 XFIP. A swinging strike rate under 10%. A Wobo over 375 to both sides of the plate. 235 plus ISO to both sides of the plate. 40 plus percent fly balls. 40 plus percent hard contact. Like, it's really hard to have interest in Waka. Even against a team that... I mean, the Reds, not great, but I mean, I don't think I can play Walker today. Yeah, I mean, like on paper, this is a matchup against Cincinnati, who's getting a, a massive ballpark downgrade going to San Diego. If like that's part of why Blake Snell was so owned on Monday night, is because it's a great spot for Waka, but he just he has not been very good this season outside of one outlier start against Atlanta, which I have no idea where the hell that came from, but. I just I can't do it on the slate. Like I think the matchup is outstanding, and I could. It wouldn't surprise me to see him put up twenty DK points here. Is that useful on this slate at seventy five hundred? Maybe. Um, it depends on what those cheap young guys that we were just talking about do. Um, I wouldn't talk you out of playing him just because the matchup is that good, but I I don't think I can do it myself just because of the recent form. I'm taking Wells over him ten out of ten times. Yeah. I don't disagree. And I'm taking BB over him 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. I mean, I I just think there's better options in this price range today. Cincinnati, I mean, they have to be one of the dumpster stacks today, right? They're extremely cheap. Walk has been atrocious this year. Like, you don't feel good about playing some Cincinnati bats, but, I mean, Fraley, Friddle, like, these guys have upside. They're cheap. They're under 4K, like. I could I could easily see myself using like a three man Cincinnati stack against Waka today. Yeah, I, d- I don't hate the three man. Um, yeah, I, I'm on board with that. Like I I just hate the do- the ballpark downgrade um, going into San Diego. It's obviously a much tougher park to find power in, and I don't think there's a ton of power in this lineup anyway. Uh, that's what I'm struggling with. But they are really cheap. Senzel's been great since coming back. Um, it also depends on what the lineup looks here. Um, you mentioned the two lefties. I certainly like them. I think they're both in there. Add Senzel. I don't love playing him at thirds, but and but if you don't play him at third, then that's three outfielders we've just talked about. I don't. I'm I'm struggling with it. I'm not scared of picking on Waka. It's just the upside of of Cincinnati isn't great, and the positional stuff isn't like if they had a cheap second baseman or shortstop that I wanted to play. I would, I would be all about it, but having to fill third base or even my all three outfield spots, like making the three man staff stack is, is kind of tough with Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, Henry Ramos um, is a guy that's been hitting since, you know, getting the call up played in the KBO last year um, and had really solid numbers. So he's been hitting. um, And from what, from what I've seen so far, numbers wise, definitely better. Um, on the left side of the plate than he is on the right side of the plate. He's cheap, but like, again, like kind of what you're just saying. Um, I mean, that's outfield. It's just so many outfield spots here. Like Fairchild's an outfielder. Like 
Senzel, you're probably not playing with their base. Fraley, Friddle, like they're all outfielders. Um, so maybe that downgrades like my thoughts a little bit. Um, maybe you're playing them more on like a FanDuel um, type of thing. All right. Um, oh, Padres. Any interest in the Padres bats here against Ashcraft? Extreme ground ball guy. He does have control issues. Um but we have to pay for Padres is the problem. Um, Tatis is now over 6K. We've come a long way since his uh, first salary of the year at, at minimum price 2K. Machado, Bogart, Soto, all over 5K. So making the stack here is, is pretty tough on a on a slate. I'm not sure I want to pay for a full premium stack. Um, you certainly have guys like Grisham and Carpenter who help the price of the stack out overall. Um Ashcraft has reverse splits too. He strikes out more lefties than he does righties, if I remember correctly. So even even the cheap lefties that I just mentioned are in a tough spot here against Ashcraft. So I don't I don't love the Padres. Like I I think Ashcraft is a talented pitcher. I just don't want to pay ninety four hundred for him. So his advanced stats are awful this year. I don't know if it's the walks. His xFIP's really high. It's almost three points higher than his ERA. Um, if you wanted to stack the Padres here and hope that like the regression monster just kind of hits him hard here, you could. Um, Carpenter would be my favorite hitter here. Him and Gresham, they're both massive fly ball guys. Um, ground ball pitcher, like those are the two guys that I would have a ton of interest in if I was going to, you know, stack San Diego. So those two guys are the cheap guys. Um, so, you know, if you're playing those two guys and you have a ton of interest in the fly balls they hit, then you could kind of stack whoever you, else you want from this team. So you could take, you know, obviously I think you take Soto. Tatis being outfield eligible now kind of stinks. Um, I mean, it was so much easier to stack this team. But, I mean, him and Xander Bogarts, you had to choose between yeah, them. you had to pick your shortstop. Yeah. yeah, which I'm okay with. Yeah. <laughs> Xander Bogarts has not been hitting the ball well. Um <laughs> All right, we finish it out with Philadelphia, Adelaide, taking on the Dodgers. We got Urias against Strom. Eight and a half total here, Urias. Urias is a minus 185 favorite. Um, any interest in Strom here? Dude's been striking out a bunch of guys. Um, he's yeah, 6,900. So, on a, again, I'll say it. On a different slate, like there, there are a dozen pitchers on this slate that I would have played on Monday night. I don't think I can play Strom just because of the slate. I, I will take a chance on the young guys, I think, before I go Strom. He hasn't shown off a huge leash. Um, 82 is his highest pitch count this season. He's been in the 60s for most of his starts. The Dodgers de- are definitely better against right-handed pitching, so like I would I would play him in, in uh, on a different slate, but I just I don't think I can get there with – I'd just rather play 4K for the, the Mariners prospect. 5,700 for Mason Miller, who I think is really good. BB's 200 more. Like, like there's young guys with massive strikeout upside too. So don't think I need to try to pick on the Dodgers here. Dodgers bottom five team in baseball against left-handed pitching this season. Top three team in baseball against right-handed pitching this season. Um, You know, kind of what we talked about yesterday. So I don't think it's crazy. I I really don't. Um, I mean, the one thing I will say, like we've talked about a couple times here is like, I like pitchers that are going to be pitching with a lead and I don't know how I feel about Philadelphia really getting to Urias. Um, he has given up 11 runs in his last two games and he's struggled big time. Um, so maybe potentially there, but 
I kind of I like him more than Mason Miller. You know, you mentioned Mason Miller. I I like Strom more than Mason Miller today. That's um, a hot take, I think. I, think. <laughs> I mean, I think they both have similar type of upside, but I think they're both like kind of like fringy. Strom is another guy like third time through the lineup. If he gets in any kind of trouble, they yank him. So like his ceiling is a lot lower than pretty much everybody on the slate. <laughs> but I mean, if he's pitching well and they let him go 80 pitches here, he could put up 25 points. Um, the Dodgers lineup is always something that's really interesting when you're looking at, you know, a left-handed pitcher because a lot of their power is Freeman, Muncy, um, Altman's been their power this year. So like, you're, you're kind of neutralizing a lot of their left-handed bats if they leave them in there. And Mookie Betts this year has really struggled against left-handed pitching. It's going to turn around, but he's been awful. J.D. Martinez has an ISO under a 50. Like, I think Strom's interesting today just from the, the prospects of, like, how bad this team is. Um, the only thing, like, we're going to talk about the Dodgers' bats, too. The only thing I will say is there's going to be a lot of fly balls with a lot of hard contact in the spot. Um, so you're always worried about that. Um, Urias, 9,100, other side of this game. I think I leave him on the shelf today just because we have so many great pitchers. And I'm not saying he's not a great pitcher. I'm just saying, like, I think I leave him on the shelf. Um, but, I mean, the, again, like, this is another team that's very left-handed heavy. What's the lineup going to look like today? Yeah, I'm concerned. Um, you, you mentioned his last two starts. Like, this is a guy who was looking to take a step forward and, be, like, become a true ace in, in baseball. And it's been a bit of a rough season for him so far, um, particularly in the last two. Strikeout stuff has never been quite as elite as like a top tier ace Philly's a, a tough offense. I, I don't think I get there either. Like I don't mind the 9,100 price tag, but recent form has me concerned. Um, Yeah. Harper's I mean, I think to be back too. Harper is going to be back. Yep. That's yeah. which, which good for him, man. That's an incredible turnaround from Tommy John surgery, obviously different for a position player than a pitcher, but still it's been, T- the fastest return ever, I think it is. Um, so good, good for Bryce. 160 days from that injury. Um, Godspeed, yeah, th- buddy. Godspeed. This is usually like a 12 to 14 month injury recovery time. Yeah. So yeah, good for him. Glad, glad, glad it's happening. Can't wait to see him. Um, Urias, I think I'm out as well. I, I like the price tag. I'm intrigued a little bit. If a super low own, maybe I take some tournament shots. But uh, for the most part, I'm I'm probably out. Any interest in the Philly bats here? I can't can't say that I have a ton of interest there either. Um, I, I respect Arias as a pitcher. Like I said, he's he's on the verge of being like a true ace. He's struggled a little bit. That's intriguing. But Philly's priced up. Even Harper, who's been out all season, is fifty one hundred. So good good on DK for actually recognizing that and getting him priced appropriately. You mean you um, didn't want to see him two K? <laughs> yeah, I mean if Harper was two K on the slate, wouldn't that be a ton of fun? Lefty lefty. That, that would be away from it home. eventually happen again this year but it shouldn't yeah uh, agree um I, I don't think i have any interest in picking on area so castellanos 4800 power righty um he's a guy that i always you know will have like interest in against left-handed pitching the one guy that I, I wanted to bring up that's really cheap, but I don't know if you really want to use him as like a third base spot is uh, Sosa. He in 30 plate appearances this year has a 357 ISO with a 500 Woba against left-handed pitching. So 
been very good against lefties has struggled with righties um so if you wanted to take a shot on him maybe at 2400 but hate the fact that you have to use your third base spot on him uh, but he actually has some power so i don't hate it as much um there was one more person that i was thinking of here that no all right dodger side um i mean probably a stacker fade spot for me like i said i think like looking at strom's like advanced numbers he gives up a lot of hard contact and fly balls and he's just kind of they've, they've just kind of stayed in the ballpark so far this year so i think if you wanted to stack the dodgers you could in this spot um i mean nobody likes playing the dodgers they don't like playing these 10 o'clock starts. It's so weird. I played the hell out of the Dodgers on Monday night, and I hope that yeah, but continues did you see to their go. ownership, like, as a whole? Like, oh, yeah. It wasn't well, that's why anywhere I, near we expected it to be. I think Muncie was the highest so at, like, 16%. Yeah. And that was a six-game slate. Yeah, we're 12 games here. Um, a pitcher that's had some success on the other side of the mound, if, the, like, if they're low-owned here, I, I have a lot of interest. You look at some of these bats, like obviously you have your your bets and Will Smith and Muncie are all priced up. But there are cheap bats. Trace Thompson has been awesome against lefties, 2,600. Miguel Vargas is 2,700. Uh, Chris Taylor is 3,300, has shortstop eligibility. I'm talking myself into some Dodgers here. Um, I think I like with the way the dynamics of the slate, there's obviously elite high-end pitching, but we've talked about a couple of pe- cheap guys that I'm more interested than I thought I would be in. I'm I'm interested in the Dodgers here. Like I think Will Smith, like you mentioned Mookie's stats against lefties. He's always been reverse splits in his career, but he's still been a well above average hitter against lefties. Maybe you don't love paying 5,600 for him, but I, I'm still interested. Um, I think Miguel Rojas is expected back today as well. Not I don't even know if he starts, but another cheap infield option. Um, but Trace Thompson at 2,600, I'm really interested in, uh, Vargas, Taylor, Rojas. I think you can, you can find two or three cheap value bats to add to a month, uh, a bats and a Smith, even Muncie lefty lefty. I don't hate. All right. Um, let's play the morning grind game and then we will get out of here under eight K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? So just because you said you're not as interested as me, I'm going Mason Miller. I had a, a different guy written down earlier here, but I, I'm more interested in, in Mason Miller than you. I think the stuff is special. Um, Seattle has struck out a ton. I have respect for the Seattle offense. There's a chance Julio Rodriguez is out. That's obviously a, a double-edged sword. He strikes out a lot, but he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Upside is raised if he's out, in my opinion. Um, but Mason Miller against Seattle, not a great matchup, but love the strikeout stuff. I'm going to go Tyler Wells for wow. some strikeouts here. Okay. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Ashcraft. Tough spot for him against San Diego. Yeah. Man, so many good spots today. I think I have to go with Kikuchi against my socks. Like I think. It. I think. Over 4K to hit a home run today. Who do you got? Give me Byron Buxton. Michael Kopech has had all kinds of hard contact issues. 
Um, been a little bit reverse splitsy in his career too. So Buxton in a fantastic spot. Give me Cody Bellinger at exactly 4K. Ooh, One of my favorite hitters on the slate today. Absolutely love the spot for him. Give me Bellinger. Under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bat that you like today? Uh, I have Max Kepler. Um, should be hitting leadoff. Just talked about Kopech. Kopech has struggled so much. Didn't mean to go two Minnesota Twins there. Uh, just happened to be the way it worked out. But Max Kepler. It's funny because I have a twin as well. I'm going Jose Miranda at 3,300. Um, love this spot for him. I think this is a great spot. Kopech, a guy that I like a lot to pick on. Um, so give me Miranda here. Stack to score six or more runs. I'm going to go Dodgers here. Um, I talked myself into that a little bit in the last few minutes of the show here. Uh, Strom has had some success, but you mentioned some some underlying stuff that and the Dodgers have struggled against lefty too. I think they're going to be super low owned uh, and I'm I'm falling in love with it. Baltimore, man. It's Baltimore today. I, they're my favorite stack. Even getting through like the 12 games and just looking at the slate as a whole. One of the reasons that I might play like this cheap um, pitcher is just because, I mean, you can play all of the Baltimore bets. Um, so I love this spot for Baltimore today. And again, like it's not just Yarbrough. I mean, so like if you want to take shots on Mullins and play lefty lefty, if he's hitting leadoff, like, I don't expect Yarbrough to pitch deep into this game. And that's by far the worst bullpen in baseball this year. So, um, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? This is going to be a wild slate. 12 it games. Is. We've got uh, yeah, awesome always. expensive p- pitching. We've got awesome cheap pitching. We've got awesome stacks. Like this, this is a great tournament slate. It really is. Um, it's a great slate. So, that, it, that will wrap it up here for Tuesday's podcast. I will be out tomorrow. It will be Luch and TJ talking on the Wednesday slate. I'll be back on Thursday to hang out with everyone. Hope everyone has a great Tuesday, and we'll see you again tomorrow.